Welcome to Audience First, a podcast for tech marketers looking to break out of the echo chamber to better understand their audience and turn them into loyal customers. Every week, Danny Wolf has brutally honest conversations with busy tech buyers about what really motivates them, the things they hate that vendors do, and what you can do about it. Get access to practical information on how to build authentic relationships with your audience. Listen to and talk with your buyers and apply real customer insights to your strategies and tactics. You owe it to the world to unmute your mic. Are you ready? All right. Welcome to another episode of Audience First. As always, I have a very special guest with us today. The one and the only Kirsten Rourke and a super fan of Audience First and our other podcast, What the Fuck Did I Just Read? She comes on every single week and contributes to the conversation. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, huge fan. Huge fan. I love it. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, I was really excited for this uh, conversation because we've been chat, we've been chatting over the past couple of weeks already. Yeah, uh, more. We have a joint channel with Chris, so I'm really thrilled to talk about your passions, what you do, uh, and why you do it. So let's Ooh. get into it. Kirsten, tell me who are you, what do you do, and why the hell do you do it? <laughs> so I am a speaking coach who does something a little different than most speaking coaches, which is I bring theater in. And I get the words and your face and your body to all say the same thing so that your clarity is actually on point and really focused. Uh, and that you're thinking in terms of how the person you're communicating with is hearing your message rather than how you, you, know, you want your message to sound. So right. how, where that comes from is <clears throat> I was a technical trainer, an instructional designer, public speaker, thing, hybrid freelancer for... 22 years. And I started public speaking before that, but it was all this one massive thing. And then two years ago, I realized I was in the wrong damn job. And that was a really startling realization for me because I filled out a thing about your zones of genius. So it was, what are you, what are you lousy at? What are you good at? What are you specially trained at? And what lights you up? And are you, you know, what really makes your heart sing? And the one in the last box, I stopped doing, which was public speaking and coaching people. So that's when I decided to change my company into an LLC and start taking clients. So it was like, oh, I'm in the wrong work. Ah, I so. love I love it, though, that you really listen to your intuition. You listen to your gut. You listen to your heart and you kind of shifted things. Uh, that's a brave move. Not many people do that. A lot of them, a lot of people stay in their current job miserable for a very long time, you know, mm -hmm. and don't uh, make that jump to new uncharted waters, right? I did yeah. that last year. It was fucking terrifying. Absolutely. But, uh, but really glad yeah. I did it. So that story really resonates uh, with me. Tell me, okay, I'm going to open up the questions because there are a few things that I really want to know. Um, so as an expert in public speaking, um, and in kind of in your journey uh, so far, uh, what are some of the challenges you see executives facing when it comes to, to public speaking? Executives, so subject matter experts or SMEs, SMEs, always have trouble getting out of their own way. Executives have the additional burden that it's harder for them to get out of their own way because they think their message is what must be heard instead of the results are what they must achieve. 
So they're less willing to give up the fact that, well, if I say it, it must be heard. And it's like, it's not about you. It's always about them. And if you can't get your head, you know, the cranial rectal insertion problem, if you can't get your head out of your own butt, then you're not going to be reaching people in the emotional, realistic way that you need to, to create lasting communication and relationships. Yeah. And especially, you know, once you get like some folks are really great, but a lot of people, they, they are surrounded by way too many people who don't tell them no. Mm. And it, it causes, it causes problems. Yeah. Do you feel like I, okay. So this is funny. You said, get, get your heads out of your butts. And I mm -hmm. feel like, um, that really, I feel like the security industry, there are a lot of folks with their heads up their butts. Do you find that it's more so in the security space or across a lot of different verticals? I just, like, I just want to kind of like gauge that between Amazing. types yeah. of executives. Amazingly, no. Uh, it's yeah. actually less because the security people huh. usually I can come in and go, can I be real? And they blink and I'm like, you're being an idiot. <laughs> and often that will speak to somebody who's like a CISO. Whereas yeah. I was in the learning and development space for 20 plus years. And there are a lot of people there that if you are too direct with it, it, they, it makes them deeply uncomfortable. So you yeah. have to you have to be very careful with your language and you have to coach things very softly. And that's not my natural gift. So I used to not be the direct client interface with my mm -hmm. vendors because I was too blunt and they would ask questions and I'd say, well, you could do that. I wouldn't recommend it. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost you more money and more time and you're going to make everybody nuts. Right. And I'd get told you can't say that. I'm like, but it's true. Why can't we just be honest about it? So when I shifted from being a vendor person, you know, working through them to be, to taking my own clients, it was like, well, I'm not going to pretend anything. Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak to people exactly the way I need to. I will say there are a few folks I've encountered mm -hmm. who, because they're so bright, they really don't get how they come across. And I've seen especially a few people do this thing in webinars where they go, any questions? You know, it's going to be a longer day if you don't talk to me, right? And I'm on the back end going, dear God, don't do that. Like, I know what it comes from. Right. But it's also like, no, you don't understand what you're asking people to do. You've got two minutes in a webinar to get people to engage with you and talk mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. And if it's a 45 to 60 minute webinar, like if you go past that first two minutes, you're, you're host. You've got to get people to understand what the rules of engagement are and that they're allowed and welcome to come in and talk to you. Just right. saying, oh, please talk to me and answer questions, ask me questions. That doesn't do it. You've right. got to, you've got to live it. You got to show it to them. And I've asked multiple times if I could coach this person and was told by multiple people, uh, no, no, you may not. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I, so I, this next question definitely, I think will pertain to, uh, sales folks, marketing folks, SMEs within, uh, cybersecurity, uh, companies, CISOs as well, security mm -hmm. practitioners, all of the above. How do you, so I want to keep this super prescript, uh, prescriptive. So let's kind of go, go through it step by step. How do you yeah. uh, suggest 
um, you know, professionals and sometimes uh, and even like professionals who get in their own way, right, with technical concepts, with heads up butts and that kind of stuff. How do you suggest they, um, you know, prescriptively engage an audience on a webinar, on a podcast, even in a live session in person at a conference? Well, what I always tell folks is that the way, you know, the way your face, the way your body and the way your voice meet is what's telling people a lot about you. And usually the voice and the body are on a different place than the words are. The mm -hmm. words are, I am such and such and I'm amazing. And the body's like, I'm really scared. And the voice is like, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. So you've got all these levels of communication happening and people are interpreting that. So a lot of it is understanding that no one wants you to be embarrassed. No one wants you to be afraid and they don't want to feel bad for you. So own the fact that you might mess up mm -hmm. like on lives. I have this, I have a screaming goat. Oh my God. I love the screaming goat. That's the second like, time I've seen him. I love this. Whenever I mess up, I pull up the screaming goat and I have it screaming to the microphone. I'm like, the goat has spoken. I blew it. Let's fix it. And we move on. And it's just, that's my thing. But like going out on a stage, if you're really nervous, what you can do is do the, okay, I'm really nervous, but you know what? I'm going to leave the microphone attached and not walk around with it yet. Cause we're not at my mic drop moment that is coming. Mm. And then you've landed a joke while acknowledging that you're worried, you know, like you've, you've been human. You need to be completely authentic. Yeah. And when it comes to technical stuff, one of the things that has always been an issue is that we get so in our heads about the knowledge and we know where we need them to be, which is step 12. Mm -hmm. So we kind of hip scotch, you know, we, we jump them to step two and then to step nine and then 12, forgetting that people have to go to, this is what step one will be and then experience one and digest it and then experience two. Like they have to do that journey, even though it makes you insane. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that's that's problem. That's what I love about coming on with, with you and you and Chris is because you're explaining things clearly. You don't fall into the, I'm gonna use jargon because I want you to see how intelligent I am. Mm -hmm. Truly intelligent people do not need to be doing that. Like right. they, they know it, you know, we, we know well, we're, stop you know. it. I'm blushing. <laughs> you should be blushing. Like really bright people are like, yeah, I'm bright. What about it? You so know, it's, can you it's believe right though, there. can you believe that like four years ago, I was deathly afraid to come on video, deathly afraid to do like LinkedIn videos. I didn't even know what I was going to say, how, mm -hmm. how I was going to say it. Uh, and until I just said, you know what, screw it, just try it mm -hmm. out. Um, you'll get used to it. I yeah. started off with these like little, um, what were they called? Um, I used to work with the, the security researchers, uh, mm -hmm. in the company I was working for. And we used to do kind of like, uh, weekly and monthly overviews of the analyses that they basically, and the reports that I created and yeah. we would publish that on LinkedIn. That's how I got into it. Um, I noticed that the the you know visibility was growing and growing. I was like, okay, well, this is this is something that I can get used to. Mm -hmm. um, I I do want to go back to something that you mentioned, which was body language, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's huge, I think, in terms of engagement, in, ter- in terms of hooking an audience, in terms of resonating uh, with an audience. And I also want to talk about uh, that human aspect and, mm-hmm. and vulnerability. I mean, I really believe that when you lead with vulnerability, you can capture an attention. You can capture yes. the attention of an audience that paired with storytelling. Like, oh, yeah. If anything, like tell a story about your vulnerability as the hook. Mm-hmm. Right, and pair that story of vulnerability to lead to kind of like the change moment mm-hmm. that will introduce that either technical element or concept that you're trying to present to an audience. Yeah. And something that I need to work on is is body language because I'm always sitting behind the camera, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always sitting. I'm not moving, and I, I'm so used to just kind of like standing in place. And I remember, and and maybe you had seen this. Um, in the re uh, in the video that I sent you to kind of like review, yeah. Uh, my first talk, I remember my first talk in front of a mm-hmm. live audience it was like a hundred plus people, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" Like my first talk ever in in front of a live yeah. audience. I like I was so stiff. I was like standing like this. What do you suggest, and how do you recommend professionals who are a little bit maybe stiff, right? Mm-hmm. Like me other executives who are nervous or a little bit more introvert, how do you recommend them to kind of loosen up during a live session, even on camera? Well, you were, you were good at that. Uh, One of the things is that adults, back when I used to be in occupational therapy, before I got into this, um, I worked with adults in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. Pediatrics were easy because they were like, I'm done. Uh, My brain's full. I'm, I'm done. I can't handle anymore. Whereas adults would always be like, it must be me. So it's not you, 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 there were so many good things about your first talk. Like there were so many good things. And we never, one of the things we never recognize is our own gains. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is looking at yourself on video is the hardest thing to do. But if you're ever going to do it, and I recommend it, the last thing you have to say to yourself, like you, you look and figure a few things you want to address. What do you want to lean into? What do you want to lean away from? And then the last thing is find three things you did well and then turn it off and walk away. Mm-hmm. You have to leave on the positive. Mm-hmm. And for body language stuff, like with the camera, what I tell people is find someone in your life or make them up who you just desperately want to talk to. Like you're like, oh God, I can't wait to see that person. Mm-hmm. And that person lives right there on your camera. Like literally print out a picture and tape it below your camera if you need to. Because mm-hmm. what happens is, and this is what I show in webinars, is when people come into webinars, they're doing this. Yeah. And it's stiff and it's awkward and it's all that. But instead, I'm picturing Phil, who was my best friend in college. And if I think about him, I'm like, My eyes are more open. I'm flushed. I'm leaning in. I've got this sense of, damn, I can't wait to talk to you. That's yeah. how you start your webinars. You That's start it with that energy. Yeah. Because people I gotta, read that. I try that. But I, yeah. I'm sorry to interject. I try that. But oh, yeah. fortunately, I have uh, Mr. Roberts in front of me almost every <laughs> Yeah. That's just like perfect. Oh, yeah. He's great. And on stage, um, what I'd recommend is that people shift from – so you're either activating your, your sympathetic or your parasympathetic nervous system. Right. So you're probably activating your sympathetic. You're going into flight, you know, fight or flight, all of that. So you want to do breathing, mm-hmm. but 
recognize that your your butterflies, your the butterflies you have are your battery. So you don't want to get rid of them. Mm. You just want them to fly in formation. You want them to have some sense of control. So I used to tell people to breathe in for four and out for eight. And there is this amazing, gifted, wonderful instructor who's got a YouTube channel. His name is Nishant Kasabala. He's a, he's just a dear friend. And he and I were talking and he said, well, I, I don't tell people that not everybody can do that. I give them two, four, two, four. And I went, you're right. I'm assuming people have the physicality to be able to do that. So I've shifted it. So it's in for two, out for four. Yep. And you do that a few times and it, it starts to cue your body. Okay. I'm not in danger. Yeah. Then you have to go, okay, I feel like I'm in danger, but that's okay. That feeling is my energy. It's my battery. It's my juice. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to shift. I'm going to balance myself on my center. I'm going to lift in my sternum. I'm going to lean a little forward towards the ball of my feet. And I'm going to be thinking about, I can't wait to talk to you. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Walk. Yeah. Start that. You're now walking forward your energy, your momentum, and your face and your mind are focused on, I can't wait to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And that comes across. Normally, people walk like they're carrying groceries. They walk <laughs> out on stage like this. And they're like, hi. And that last minute is when they're on. You're on in the wings. Yeah. You're on before you step onto the stage. Right. You can't turn it on as soon as you step onto the stage. You have to turn it on in the wings. Mm -hmm. So you have to get that and get ready. And whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. Like the deal is this. If nobody's on fire and nobody's bleeding, then you didn't commit a crime. Nothing's wrong. Yeah. That's it. You know, did the microphone not work? Oops. Somebody fell out of their chair. Oops. Fire alarm. Damn. Yeah. Nobody's on fire. Nobody's bleeding. That's mm -hmm. it. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to right before my talk back in November, 2022, I was talking to some folks who have done this before, right? They've presented, they submitted CFPs. They presented um, live in person in front of like hundreds and hundreds of people. And actually a friend of mine also guest on audience first, uh, Ryan Cloutier, he had said, like focus on a person in the audience. Like, do you, do you think that there's value or, you know what, the question actually that I want to ask is like, how do you leverage the audience to kind of like loosen up also yeah. kind of, uh, provide a little bit of, uh, flair to your talk? Like, that's one question. I, I have another question, but let's, let's start okay. with that. So in-person talks, well, both of them, actually, you have to work the room before you get on the stage. Right. How like do you do if, so in on stage, you've got to show up early. For one, if you're on at noon and the event planner doesn't see your butt in the, in the room until 1130, you're late mm -hmm. because the event planner is worried about you. So for one, that person can never be worried. You need to be there at least an hour before, preferably at the beginning of the event. And you need to be talking with people. You need to be, you know, just greeting, get to know one or two people, find like, you know, chat somebody up and be like, oh, Chris, wait a second. You've got what kind of dog? Oh my God, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then when you're on stage, if you get a moment, you can do like, well, I mean, we all have responsibilities. Hey, 
Chris's dog is amazing. Call him out and call right, you know, and say, da, 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 make that connection. Use mm -hmm. that, like engage with people because the job of a speaker in a real world event, in a physical event, is an all is is at least a four hour window. Like you don't want to go under that. You yeah. need to show up at least an hour beforehand. You do not walk off stage and leave. That's an utterly, I, I don't. I'm not sure what language I can use on here. Yeah, so you can say shit okay. bucks. Yeah, so okay. it's it's an utterly dick move. You just yeah. don't do it. You have to stay after, because you are responsible for that event feeling amazing for people, for them getting something out of it, and for the event planner to be grateful and relieved that you showed up. That's your job. So that that's an interesting statement. So you're saying like you are essentially in charge of the customer's experience. Oh, I hell think. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what, what, what kills me, what utterly pisses me off, and you know this because you've heard me rant about this, there are very few bad speakers. Most people are bad at they're not bad at public speaking. They are underprepared or undertrained mm. or under or not under practice, but they're practicing in a way that makes it harder for them. Right. The only way to be bad at public speaking <clears throat> is to be so in love with your own message and your own voice that what the audience does doesn't matter because they are there to hear you. You are the smartest person in the room that can come worship at the shrine of the Almighty You. <laughs> no, wrong. Eep. Wrong answer. That is bad public speaking. Right. That is like, I'm sorry, you need to get a sports car and like go sleep with somebody gorgeous. Like go do your midlife crisis somewhere else. <laughs> that is not what your stage is for. Your right. stage is for transformation of the people who are watching you. It's you not know. about you. Yeah. The day it becomes about you is the day you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And that even means sharing your message. So when I tell people about the day I had to teach a class, a, t a technical training class backwards, I ended up screaming into a pillow in my hotel room and then moving my slides, figuring out the narrative to tell the story in a different direction. And I went and did it because that was the job. But I screamed into a pillow. It wasn't not terrifying. And that was the, you know, the, that was the rules of engagement. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Um... <laughs> Last year uh, at the Cyber Marketing Con, I had a presentation all set. Like I submitted mm -hmm. a CV, got approved months in advance. I had the flow. Then I was supposed to speak on the second day. And I literally sat in the room where the, the main hall and I read the room. I listened to the questions folks were asking. I talked to some people. That same night, I had to switch everything up because yeah. I knew that the, that the original deck the original flow wasn't gonna fly like i took out so much like written content on the slides and went with like one line per slide pay, oh, yeah. pictures mm -hmm. like uh a storyline a storyline and questions and in answers that would resonate with the audience and answer some questions that i heard late earlier that uh day and the day prior I mean, I, I thought it went well, uh, but I, that experience, I, first of all, was like, holy, holy shit. Like, I yeah, all night. Of course. Um, I was very nervous, but like, I, I loved how it came out like relatively smooth. So last mm -hmm. minute. Oh, yeah. I, I've been professionally speaking since 1997. Mm -hmm. I have never 
ever not rechanged my deck on the flight out. Well, okay. Like I, so I'm not, okay. So oh I, no. Okay. Every, every professional speaker I know, if they haven't changed their deck or messed with it within 48 hours before they went on, then something's going on in their life. Yeah. Like they couldn't. We all do it. We all go in or like, well, wait, let me check something. Wait, let me mess with this. Oh, wait, I'm going to switch this because that's, that's part of it. Right. You know, that's part of the gig. And the fact that you did that is, is exactly what to do. You, if your deck can stand without you, why are you there? Right. Give them the deck and go away. Go get a coffee. Yeah. You know, if your deck is, is able, like if they can read it, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't be talking because Mm -hmm. you talking and them reading are two different rates that are happening in their brain which means Mm -hmm. they're going to retain less information in the long run than if you just shut up. Mm -hmm. So you can't read your slides at people unless you want them not to remember your material well. And you want to bring down key imagery. The imagery can't just be pretty like, Oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm, I'm beautiful. No, it's gotta be something that's contextually appropriate. Right. That reinforces the message and keywords. Mm. And beyond that, the deck is not the star. You're the star. Mm-hmm. You're the message. You're the performance. The deck is extra. Like when you're doing webinars, I said, when you're walking out on stage, right, you got to work the room before and after. In a webinar, there's the housekeeping. Housekeeping is critical. The number of people that blow it off make me insane. You want to be ready for when you don't want to be sitting there like this. You want to be ready. And then... I always tell people I need to be in my room talking to my people at least five minutes before, if not 10, you know, sometimes half an hour if I can get away with it. Mm-hmm. And then I always do the, where are you coming in from today? What are you drinking? I'm rocking the coffee today. Tell me what you're drinking. Let me see in the chat. There is a reason we do that. Right. There, and it, a lot of people are like, well, that's just mindless. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. You have to get people's hands on keys or engaged with whatever their adaptive tech is within the first two minutes. You've got to get them communicating with you and you've got to see them, which means the chat. Don't expect to see people on video. That's just, you don't have to see everybody's faces. You don't. Look in the chat, call back. You know, right. so do the, oh, wait, I'm sorry, Tina, you're drinking Pepsi mango? Is that a thing? I'm sorry, Tina, I'm judging you. This is my judgy face. <laughs> you know, like, you got to do the call and response right away and get people to tell you where they're coming in from. Then mm-hmm. you make jokes about their time zone. <gasps> You're awake. You're in Australia. Oh my God, dude. Thank you. You know, you've got to do that because they have to know that they're welcome and that you see them. Right. Because they're the point. Your message isn't the point. They're the point. And you have to get your housekeeping right. That's brilliant. I do want to take it back. Like, let's take it back a little bit before yeah. you're, you're even at the event or in the webinar talking. Oh, yeah. CFPs, call for paper, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you, like, what are your suggestions, recommendations for executives to, you know, prepare for that or come up with concepts and topics that are really going to let them shine, right? Um, and resonate with the audience. So what I always tell people, and it, it kind of cracks me up that this is novel for some folks, 
is I'll sit with people and say, okay, I want you to just vent with me, yeah. please. Can you just vent? Tell me what makes you nuts. Mm -hmm. And I'll let them vent for a while. I'll make some notes. And then I'll say, okay, what are things that you just, if they would just listen and they would just do X, it would be so much better. And I get that like fountain uncorked. And then I've made notes and I hold up and I'm like, there's 12 right there. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you talk about. You don't, you don't talk about my software does this. Nobody cares. Yeah. What you talk about is, all right, the newest features in my software solve a problem that drives all of us up the freaking wall. Does mm -hmm. anybody remember last year when da, 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 da happened? How many people did that bite? Yeah, let me see. And when you do things like that, when you ask questions like that, you have to raise your hand because they'll raise their hands. Mm -hmm. If you don't raise your hand, you're going to get less response. People will mimic you. So you'll be like, anybody else? How many, who's got something that frustrates them? Oh, really? You're not raising your hand? I would like to talk to you after. What are you mm -hmm. smoking? You know, like really go in and be completely real because then they're heard. Right. And as soon as they know they're heard, you, that's the connection you have to make. The, the thing that cracks me up is, um, so in the tech space, CFP is called for papers. In the L&D space, it's called for proposal. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different thing. And it's interesting because the level of what's asked of you is different. Mm -hmm. So you have to know who the audience is, what their wants are, and for the love of all things holy, what is the event focused on that mm. your event planner cares about? Because the, the thing you write is not for your audience, it's for the event planner. Right. You are selling them on the fact that you are going to make their life better. Right. which means you're going to make people satisfied. They're going to come back next year. That's your contract. So anything where you can say, look, I've been in the trenches for X, Y, Z. Let me tell you. And then you can give real actionable items. It's easy as hell to do. Mm -hmm. And people don't tend to do it. They write stuff that honest to God, it's like, are you trying to put people to sleep? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then you and I talked about this. There's always that one or two people who go up on stage, especially at tech conferences that are like, look at me, I'm a God. We're heading there. Like, we're heading there a black hat. We're heading there a black hat. And I got to tell you, it's going to be really hard for me not to go, oh, oh, sweetie, that's yeah. adorable. You think you're a stud. Like, it's going to be really hard for me not to engage with that because I, I get it people don't recognize how they come across, but it's like, nobody's interested in you being the latest, greatest, you know, look at me, I'm fantastic. They want you to be a human. Yeah. Just be a human. Mm -hmm. And the more real you can be, warts and all, you know, is where, that's where people live. Yeah. If you get somebody who's like, it has to be completely professional. There's something that's, there, there, there's something triggered for them. There's something that's hitting them. I was doing an all day tech class, which online I do not recommend. Mm. Uh, if you're going over four hours, you and I are going to fight about it. But I had to do a seven and a half hour online class two days in a row because that's what the client wanted. And so I'm doing it. But that means extra singing and dancing for me, extra energy, extra goofiness. And I teach people how to curse in Norse partway through <laughs> because I'm doing software training. There comes a point at which they're going to Bambi out on me and go deer in the headlights. And at the point at which I know that after 22 years, I'm going to start going, you know what? 
the software is being slow. I'm afraid I need to teach you all a curse, but don't worry. The curse isn't a real curse. It's your yeah. mother wears Roman soldier <laughs> shoes. Okay, it's your mother wears army boots, but I'm going to teach it to you in Norse because it sounds amazing. All right, everybody, with me, Han Motran, all right, let's go. And I teach them that, and they lose it. I had one woman go to the event planner, and it was the client that I was doing it for Adobe. So she went to Adobe's handler, and she complained about me for two solid hours on the phone. Oh she did her level best to get me fired, and the person she was complaining to wasn't going to be doing that, but they let her vent. Anybody that's going to vent for two hours about that, they're letting go of pain and stress that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Nothing. So while I was at first bothered and like, oh my God, should I fix something? The handler was like, what? But like, no, of course not. There's yeah. always that one person that's going to there There's always the one person out of the, mm -hmm. you know, hundred, oh, yeah. one out of every hundred. I mean, I have mm -hmm. some folks that complain that my trailer music is too loud and I can't hear anything and blah, 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 blah. just like, okay, everyone else likes it. And like, you just got to go with the trend and you mm -hmm. got to get good. You got to go for good enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, until you get better and better and better. There's no perfect, but there's um, no perfect. And if you hit perfect, that's great. But, but you, that's still tomorrow. You've no, still got to come back perfect. and do it again. You know, I put music on when I do conferences, I always put music on in my room before I talk, which means I'm out in the hallway, like an utter goofball going <laughs> and doing this and they're walking by. Now, usually I mean, they're at a conference, they're tired, they're yeah. stressed. And there I am bouncing around to some, you know, tune and going, Hey, everybody, you want to have some energy rooms right this way. Come on in. You got, you got to get pumped up. Yeah. You get pumped up. Okay. So I want to take, uh, I want to take some time before we sign off. Cause we're, we're heading towards the end of the session, but I want to take some time to, to go over the shit list. We always do this on the buyer interview, but I'm going to do yes. some keynotes too. So give me like a few examples. What are, what are some examples that really ticked you off with regards to to how executives, um, SMEs, whatever is in between, uh, you know, do during live conferences or, or webinars uh, and in regard to public speaking? They, for one, they hold on to their message like I have to say it in this order yeah. and then they hear it and they will be transformed. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to stick to my deck. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. I, I have to, my message is important. No, your message is not important. The transformation you create is important using your message. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. And the, oh, Q and A will have to happen at the end. I'm sorry. Fuck you. No. <laughs> Q and A happens as you go because people, if they have a question, you better write that sucker down for them. Don't ask them to hold on to it because you've then lost them for the rest of the event. Mm -hmm. Because they have to remember that and they're not going to be able to listen to you. So you have to adapt in the moment and you have right. to flex. That's the job. It's it. the thing that makes me nuts and what, you know, what I like most, and I'm going to throw it back. The thing I love watching you and Chris work is you flex in the moment. Mm -hmm. So many people can't do that. And that is the secret to success as a public speaker. Because you can adapt to anything thrown at you. Yeah. There's only five categories of questions that all speakers get. 
you categorize stuff in a specific way, which is, I, you know, I train people on it. I'm happy to tell everybody what they are. Like, that's it. You get your stuff into buckets and you practice responding to those buckets. You practice responding to trolls. You practice responding to questions that make no damn sense. Right. You practice that so that when it happens, it doesn't derail you. Right. You know, it's that's the stuff that makes me crazy. Yeah. Chris and I, look, we we do spend some time, 15 minutes, mm -hmm. sometimes even five minutes before we go live, just to kind of rehash, like, what do we want to cover? Anything, yep. you know, uh, profound happened this week? What's bothering you? We don't spend hours and hours and hours prepping for this. We do have our flow of how we want things to work. And after 25 episodes, we know what people like. We've shifted yep. here and there on in terms of like flow and format. But ultimately, it ties back to, okay, what's the problem? What are the examples? And what is the alter alternative examples? And speaking of alternative, we're heading into Black Hat very, very yes. shortly. Lots of CFPs happening, lots of talks, lots of uh, vendors coming in and having the conversation, security pr uh, practitioners practitioners coming on uh, stage to present uh, uh, information and share information with their peers. What are your tactical uh, pieces of advice mm -hmm. right before heading out to the event? All right. So first of all, you've got to get your entire talk that you want to give people down to what is the core, you know, ride or die message? What is the core central if I lose all the time, I have to get this out there message. Mm -hmm. That is your through line in all of your stuff. Everything must be connected to that. And then do not embrace every single of your 40 talking points. Mm -hmm. Find five. And those five should matter to your person. If you don't know if they'll matter to your person, you haven't done your research. Mm -hmm. So they've got to be something that person cares about. It doesn't matter if you know they need it. They have to know they need it. And if you haven't given them the context of why they need it, why would they listen to you? So it's really all about getting in the head of the person who you're going to be talking to and going, where are they coming from? What do they care about? How can I be something that makes their day easier? And then everything else has to fall away. Mm -hmm. Like if your talk is, if you have a pitch, and you've got it down to like a five minute pitch, you need to be able to do a 30 second version of that. You mm -hmm. need to be able to do a minute and a half version of that. So you got to be able to drop it on a dime. If they're, you know, spouse or, or whatever is calling, no, you're not going to, you know, keep them from that. Right. So you've got to adapt in the moment. And that means that, you know, don't be holding on to your stuff like it's made of gold. It's not. The relationship is. You know, your materials just your materials the way in the door yeah you know i love that i love this information this is so useful right now and even like long term i mean i feel like a lot of this is applicable to to the to the digital world right um so this oh, yeah. is this is brilliant information super insightful super helpful for the audience here before we sign off kristen any anything you want to impart on the audience today um just understand that everybody gets nerves I mean, thank you, Angel. Everybody loves a dog. You know, she, you know, she feels the same way. She feels the same way. I've been doing this for decades. Yeah. I get nerves. Yeah. So the, I have public speaking fear. That's simply means you're human. Welcome yeah. to being human. So if nobody's on fire and nobody's bleeding, 
don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, own the fact that you're trying to make a difference. Yeah. And I love lean it. into that. I love it. I love it. We have, do have a few minutes left. Do you have any questions for me? I do. I do. The uh, problem is that I've got so many questions. So I'm going to have to like, at Black Hat, I'm going to have to grab you and go, okay, we must talk. I love it. I have Happily. to know all the things. Happily. How, how did you, I know how you met Chris? Like yeah. I know how that happened, but how did you decide? What was the, the, the transformation that made you to decide to do the WTF podcast? Because that is, that's a gift that I don't, you know, like, I don't know if people realize how much gold there is in that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, first of all. Hopefully, and I hope it's helpful for you and like relevant to you because we're, we're all targeting marketers and sales folks mm -hmm. um, and outreach methods. But it's interesting you ask. And um, I think both podcasts stem from uh, the Audience First podcast and uh, What the Fuck Did I Just Read stem from the initial um, interaction, like the first interaction I had with Chris. And, you know, for those of you that don't know, I... I pissed Chris off like right off. <laughs> Which is really easy to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, you know, I mentioned this, some, I, this was part of my, my CFP last year and an opener is like, I poked a bear because mm -hmm. I used a buzzword. And yeah. I was like, you know, year three in, in my cybersecurity marketing career, still used a bu buzzword and completely out of context. And yeah, that, that buzzword was zero trust, like the, the notorious z uh, zero trust buzzword. Um, and he was like, go taser that, take them out the back and go taser them right now in the field. And I was like, oh shit. Like, so I could have taken two directions. I could have been like, okay, whatever, brush it off. Like been a little bit offended, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like why, like, why did he react like that? I wanted yeah. to know like why he was so triggered. And we continued to have the conversation like afterwards. And I saw like, he had a really interesting point of view. He has a character, he has a presence he has very polarizing points of view. He's not afraid to say what it is. Nope. We need more of that in that industry because mm -hmm. lots of folks, the challenge, and I talk about this all the time, the challenge that I see in the marketing community, the sales community, even like just the vendor community in general, yep. is that a lot of people just subscribe to the status quo. And that's yeah. a huge issue in our industry. I viewed him as someone who wants to affect change and wants to break that status quo, wants to get out of that echo chamber and actually have a conversation. And if he mm -hmm. took the time to tell me what the problem was, that if that was valuable to me and shifted the way I do things in such a short period of time, yeah. and if I see a lot of my colleagues doing things incorrectly, then we got we got to educate the industry and we have oh, yeah. to do it brutally like in a brutally honest way and i was like he's the perfect partner for this we gel we vibe he's a great person yep. he bites sometimes and i love that i love that about people um and and yeah and we you know we established this relationship he's helped me progress so why not help others progress because yeah. ultimately it's going to help everybody in this industry it's going to help the practitioners and it's going to help the vendors who are trying to make some money too because practitioners understand that you know, folks need to put food on the table. Exactly. Um, so it was just kind of like a beautiful, happy accident. I'm glad I pissed him off. Um, I don't want yep. to do it again, but um, I, I, I would not want to make him mad. But I know at some point I definitely will. Like yeah. it's inevitable. Um, <laughs> no, and then I'll apologize. Him, you know? I'll apologize, and we'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love it. All right. Well, uh, Kirsten, where can people find you apart from at Black Hat? 
Where can people find you if they want to get a little bit more, more insight from you? So my last name is R-O-U-R-K-E. So Rourke, like O-Rourke without the O. Rourke Training, my podcast for public speaking is Ongoing Mastery, Presenting and Speaking. Love it. Uh, come find me. I'm on all the socials. And yeah, I'm going to Black Hat. I'm going to, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm looking oh, forward to seeing you, meeting you in person. Fun. Come on over. Let's hang out. Yes. Um, I love this episode. This was absolutely phenomenal. We will post links to your websites in this uh, episode. This has been another episode of Audience First. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Audience First. If you like what you've heard, feel free to follow or subscribe to Audience First on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast streamers.